Hello there, welcome to a new episode of the Liberators Network podcast. My name is Christian Verwijs, and in today's episode we're going to explore what makes Scrum Masters successful. And this is not going to be based on Barry or my perspective, but on the insights from a conversation we had about this question with 30 Scrum Masters. But before diving into the episode, I want to take a moment again to thank some of the new patrons that joined since the most recent episode that we aired. These are the people that are making it possible for us to create more content like this, and we want to extend to them a bow and express our gratitude. Martin Truman, Cheer Dijkstra, Ulysses Gonzalez, David Hoothspeth, Ronald Dule, Madalina Onea and Michael Sharon. Thank you for supporting us and for making more content like this possible. It's because of you that we can do this, and that's awesome. There are many more new patrons that signed up, but I'll spread them out over a few episodes. I think it's a good sign that so many people are signing up. Now, if you appreciate our content too, you can always check out patreon.com liberators, and you'll find all the information there. You can already support us starting from $1 a month, so that's about $12 a year. Cool, let's get on with the episode. What makes Scrum Masters successful? So last year before Corona hit, we hosted a meetup with 30 Scrum Masters. We brought them together in one of the uh, spaces that we usually use for these gatherings. And we asked them, "What what makes you successful as a Scrum Master? So together we explored what made our success possible. And obviously we used a string of liberating structures to explore three aspects. The first one is, what has your professional journey looked like up to this point? And we use drawing together for that. The second is, what made your past success possible? And we used appreciative interviews for that. And the third is that we explored what are the steps that you can make now to invest in those factors today? And we did that with 15% solutions. And finally, we closed with what will make your future success possible with the liberating structure future present. Now, in this episode, we'll share the results from that conversation, and we've also created a blog post to capture those insights as well. I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes. You can take a look at it if you want to read more. But just know that this post combines the shared experience of a large group of actual Scrum Masters. And I think that in the future, we hope to create many more episodes like this, where it's people in the community that we bring together to talk about an important topic, and it's their insights that they share instead of just Barry and my insights. Because no matter how useful they are to you, I think there's a lot of value in hearing people, a different group of people, a diverse group of people, and how they feel about, for example, the success of Scrum Masters and what contributes to it. Now, the first factor that the Scrum Masters were pretty clear on is that it's important to take one step at a time. So a recurring theme in most of the stories that we shared was that you have to take one step at a time and celebrate successes that result from those steps, no matter how small they are. Something like setting up a deployment pipeline doesn't have to be perfect overnight. It's already enough if you have one small but really tedious step automated. Trying to shift the entire organization to adopt a more agile mindset towards projects is often daunting. But finding at least one product owner who sees the value in working incrementally is already a huge win. Getting a single unit test to work will make all the others easier, and these are already things you can celebrate in their own right. 
simplifying the purchasing process for scrum teams so they can purchase training and materials that they need themselves without going through the entire bureaucratic hierarchy to get approval is also a big win. So much like building our products incrementally with Scrum and seeing it taking shape over many sprints, so does the understanding and implementation of the empirical process of Scrum. One participant summarized this as just do it, stop talking and start doing, celebrating along the way what victories you're making even though they can be very small. The second thing we uncovered together is that done really is the driver of success. So all participants agreed that creating done software is really the driver of change. And by done in this case, we mean software that is released to production and in the hands of users at the end of a sprint or at least very soon after. Anything less risks keeping assumptions alive about what is needed, how difficult or how valuable that will be. By keeping the focus of sprints on delivering software that is done to this extent, where it can be deployed to production, all issues, blockades and implements and impediments that are getting in the way become very visible. By solving one of those impediments each sprint, incremental change is made possible. So the participants also agreed that by delivering done software every sprint, stakeholders will start trusting the experience-driven approach of Scrum more. As they notice that new and valuable ideas are picked up and delivered in consecutive sprints, the focus shifts from guarantees and deadlines to more flexible budgets and in-the-moment improvements. I guess you could say that this is another example of just do it. If you just do Scrum and you start delivering, that will in itself properly convince people that this may be a better idea. The third idea that we talked about is that it's important to involve stakeholders. And this sounds incredibly obvious, but actively involving stakeholders and encouraging Scrum teams to do so turned out to be a strong enabler of success in almost all the stories that we shared. When stakeholders are not involved, not only can you no longer build a good product, you will also not be able to demonstrate that Scrum actually works. In most of the success stories that we shared, the involvement of stakeholders was not limited to just the sprint review. Often, development teams also refined items with stakeholders, invited them to join sprint planning or visited them even at their workplace to better understand what it is that they needed. Several participants also noticed, or noted, that there is often a huge gap between understanding this and actually doing it. There is a very understandable hesitation to invite stakeholders to inspect what may feel like a product that isn't completely done, or for stakeholders to offer feedback on the hard work that was done by the development team. To them, it can feel like they're criticizing that work, whereas it's just useful feedback. So Scrum Masters can address that by repeating over and over that Scrum is incremental. Products are never completely done, and feedback is not annoying. It is vital to improving a product over time. The fourth factor that we identified is that you need to experiment. Or better said, experiments are really the best friends of Scrum Masters. They can involve new practices, like swarming for one of the participants, but it can also be changing the length of a sprint to different team compositions. We all have our habits, and changing something without knowing what the result will look and feel like is bound to trigger understandable hesitation and resistance for people, including ourselves. Experiments are by definition based on experience, 
making them fit well with Scrum. They emphasize that we don't know the solution yet, and thus we have to experiment and try potential options to see whether or not that helps us move forward. By making active experiments transparent, for example with lean change management, and by defining together when an experiment is successful, teams can make change feel less scary and less abrupt. Some experiments will turn out to be successful and lead to incremental change, whereas others will fail or not show improvement, and that's fine. Experiments are designed to fail and in some cases succeed, and you'll learn from both. And the final lesson or the final enabler of success that we identified with this group is that it's important for people to find support. For some, this meant finding help in other scrum masters, team members, and inspiring mentors. For others, it was finding su uh, support in senior management to drive change and break down barriers. Either way, changing even a complex system of a single team is not something you can usually do on your own. And having access to the wisdom, experience, and creativity of others makes it easier to find solutions for pers persistent problems that you face. And that brings us to some concluding thoughts. It's interesting to note that the Scrum Masters that we brought together didn't mention several things. There was no mention of specific skills, of specific practices, of training or certain certificates. It's also interesting to note that there was a lot of overlap. This shows that we all know quite well what makes our success as Scrum Masters possible. It's really not a black box. We have to start small, taking one step at a time and demonstrating results to the people we're doing it for in order to build trust and gather their feedback. We have to find help in others, both to spur our creativity to deal with the complex problems we'll face and to break through the many impediments that we'll also face. So the question with this in mind is, how are you investing in those enablers? How are you as a scrum master or as part of a scrum team? Let us know in the comments, we're eager to learn from you, and maybe you have even other enablers that were very important for your success. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you learned something new about what makes Scrum Master successful. And rather than this being an episode where it's Barry or my opinion, it was the opinion of 30 Scrum Masters that we brought together, and with liberating structures, helped them talk and explore what created their success. Hopefully you can learn from them and make improvements in your own environment, even in your own scrum team. And remember, small change is already a change, so don't try to make it too big right away. If you like this episode, please rate it, review it, or give it a thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening on. Maybe even share it with friends, other scrum masters that you know. Maybe you can even start your own scrum master community within your organization, where you can bring people together and learn. Barry and I have recently released a number of strings of liberating structures that you can use to explore and learn about Scrum together. You can find them in our web shop, shop.deliberators.com, and some of them are available for free. For others, you have to pay a small amount of money or become a patron to gain free access to all of them. So again, this may be a reason to become a patron. Either way, I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see each other again for the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.